All right, take your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 12, back of your Bible, go to Revelation if you know where Hebrews is, and then back up a few pages. Hebrews, and we'll go to chapter 11. We'll look at 10, 11, and 12 for a few minutes this morning. This series is called Dream Again, and we're in installment number five of a, of a four-part series, okay? Some of you are just now getting that, and others will get it later. That's okay. <clears throat> so God, uh, help us to listen fast and hear your word well and hear it for what it is. It's your word. May we not see it as an opinion of man, but your word. We need this more than we know. We need to hear the prayers too and to hear the biblical prayers. Oh my. Um, we are blessed and we know uh, that this needs to be the house of prayer. And so... Um, Lord, now may it also be a house that hears your word and takes it to heart and puts it into motion, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So we've been talking about dream again, and I, 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 uh, I just want to tell you, uh, there's a TV show that I like to watch. It's, it's, it comes out of uh, the Boston, Massachusetts area, Northeast. And th these guys, there's four guys on this show, and they like to remodel old houses. And um, I don't remember the name of the show, but in this particular old house um it's called this old house um <laughs> they they'll bring they, these guys and these guys are kind of pranksters with each other too so every so often they'll bring in uh, an item an implement someone found it in the attic or out in the barn or in a basement of some 200 year old house and they'll go what is it and these guys will make up stuff that it does and, and well because they don't know they don't know because it was something from the 1800s and then finally, someone who did the research on it will say, well, actually, this was used when they moved this house and it got indoor electric or indoor plumbing or whatever it was because they converted this house. And they'll actually show this implement. This is used to scrape your boots when you come in the house. This was used, and they would, they would and, but you had no idea. So these guys would make up things thinking, oh, yeah, I think it could be this, but it wasn't. Let me tell you this. I watch that, and I laugh because I know that's not it, but I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is, but I know it's not what they're saying. Understand this, in life, until you get to know the maker, because the guy who made that implement, he knew what it was for. He knew the purpose of that implement, right? Who made you? The God of heaven and earth. The day you understand why he made you, wow. Then you'll understand your purpose. You get that? Then you get the dream. You know why you're here. You, the best day of your life is not only the day you're born, but then the day you find out why you're here. And the day you find out why you're here, because the Proverbs tell us without vision, without revelation from God, without knowing why you're here, uh, people perish. They self-destruct. And Jesus put it really clearly. You're here to honor God who's in heaven, and you do that by worship, connect, grow, serve, and share. You do that by worshiping God, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, by connecting with people, loving people, and you say, well, I got that loving God part down, but I'm still working on loving people. Yeah, the rest of our lives we're working on that. It's just the way it goes. So uh, how does Jesus uh, um, really put all that together? It's called the Great Commandment, Matthew 22, and then the Great Commission, Matthew 28. You help people come to know Christ, help them serve the Lord and grow in their faith and share the best news ever. And so we, we look at it in five different really statements. You're planned for God's pleasure, and this is kind of a review of the last four weeks. You're formed for God's family, but you were created to become like Christ. You're 
You're meant to be serving God. You're, you're shaped to serve God, and you're made for a mission. You're made for something more than just your job. You're made for more than just being on a ball team someplace. There, there's something greater about your life. And the issue now in this final installment is to help you stay on track because if you miss out on your, your life's mission, if you don't know God's vision for your life, you'll miss it. You'll be, you'll be using your own life the wrong way and it will be a, an enormous waste and a terrific, a terrific waste and a terrific spent energy without any end product that you really want. So let me just encourage you, uh, keep that dream alive of why did God, why did God bring me here? And, and when you look at those five components, you may be really good at one. That may be God's calling in your life. And then don't, don't focus on the worst one. Maybe focus on the next best one and increase that one a bit. Because God wants you to increase in all five of them, but you're going to do it in a kind of a synergistic kind of way. If you, if you work at the good stuff, the other stuff will pull along on its own. Don't let the dream die. Don't get off track on the dream. Have you ever done this before? You've gone to do something, but something had to be moved first. Then you move from that. Oh, this had to be fixed to get that moved. You ever had that? At the end of the day, it never really got done. Uh, you don't want your whole life to be that way. So stay on track. Don't lose track of the dream. I'm going to give you just four, four real simple phrases out of Hebrews because by the time the writer of Hebrews is, uh, writes this long letter by this time christianity's been on the earth jesus has come paid for our sins risen gone to glory and now christianity is kind of in its in its launch but now christians are being persecuted they're scattering around the world it's getting tough so these are the people that are going to show us how to stay on track not the earliest believers but a generation in these believers these are the ones who have great faith and i want to give to you the dream in four different ways Number one, dream to embrace complete faith in Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the confidence that we have assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. It's to have the confidence in God. It is simply to trust the Lord completely. Total reliance upon the Lord based upon the work of Jesus. These people who were great that Hebrews 11 will outline for us, these people weren't great because they were incredible people. Enoch, Abel, Noah, Abraham, they're not giants because they were something phenomenal about them. They didn't have two heads or three ears or five hands. No, they were great because their God was great. These people were great not, not because of their gifts or their talents, their abilities, their verbal skills, not, not because they had easy situations. For the most part, they didn't have easy situations. They're great because of their faith. And by the way, that's what will be your mark if you'll choose to make it that. You be great in your faith. You, you may not be the best at everything, but be great about your faith. The, the missionary William Carey put it this way, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. So our, when we set out a goal in life, like for instance, I, I want to be more loving of God and I want to be more loving of people. What, what does it mean for me to be more loving with people? It means I'm going to help when I can. I'm going to take the opportunity when I see it. I'm going to take more initiative and you're going to write those down. Those become goal statements. Those become statements of faith. Do you get that? That could be your life on the way to persevering well in the Christian faith. Number two, dream like you, you act like you say you believe. That one's a tongue twister. To act like I say I believe. You catch it in, in chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered. See the action? He offered. He didn't just say, oh, God, help me. No, he offered to God. Verse 5, 
by faith Enoch when he was taken from this life. Why is he commended? Because he's the one who pleased God. So Enoch pleased God. Skip down to verse 7. Noah, he had never, he'd never seen this boat thing before. This is all brand new to him. And because God spoke to him and this is what God told him to do, he builds an ark. So Abel offers to God. Enoch pleases the Lord. Noah builds. Abraham, when he's called to a place he's never been, he packs up and goes. Chapter 11, verse 8. These people are noted for their great actions, simply uh, obeying step by step. That is faith in action. Just doing what God's called you to do. They're not supernatural. Uh, Now, here's the problem. Uh, Much of Christianity today could be explained away through logic, through through people who just... um, they say they believe, but they don't really live like they believe. The sorry state of Christianity is this. Most Christians become an easy excuse for atheists and for atheism. I'm reminded of a book that Joe Stoll wrote. Uh, uh, Joe Stoll's been a Bible college president from Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And he wrote in his book, Following Christ, he cites a conversation that a person had with Gandhi A close friend of him asked, if you admire Christ so much, why don't you become a Christian? And Gandhi reportedly replied this way, when I meet a Christian who is a follower of Christ, I may consider it. So Gandhi had met so-called Christians. He just never saw them following Jesus. So here's the step I'm going to challenge you to take. Live out what you say you believe, okay? Dream number three is to move ahead on God's agenda and to do it with confidence. Now you back up a page to chapter 10, verse 35. So don't throw away your confidence. I love that. Have you ever done that before where you're doing well and then someone criticizes your work and someone else puts doubt or you get a bad report or you get a pink slip and your confidence drops? Anybody? Just me. Okay, that's all right. All right, but you lose your confidence. I think that's an interesting word because again in chapter 11 now faith is the confidence in what we hope for it's not just knowing that god's going to work it out all in all no he's going to ha- work it out even in the steps even that i even in the steps that i cannot see tom mullins is an award-winning uh, football coach who became a pastor at christ church in what used to be called florida i now think it's called the atlantic but anyway um he's in fort lauderdale he actually writes about this. It's called The Confidence Factor. It's a, it's a book, and he writes as a pastor and a football coach because there is a measurable difference. People tend to uh, aggressively take the line and get done what needs to be done when they have a confidence. Isn't that cool? Now go back to chapter 10, verse 35. So don't throw away your confidence. Move ahead on God's agenda with confidence, knowing that he's in control. It may not end the way you think it's going to end. That's okay. Why is motion so essential? Because God is looking for, he's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for progress in your part. He's, he, you just know that, it, you know, it's true in your own life. It's easier to steer a car when it's moving, right? Yeah. And the reason we don't is because we're afraid of failure. We're, we're actually afraid we're not going to do it. So here's, if that's your issue, let me give you two verses to memorize this week. Second Timothy chapter 1. For God doesn't give us a spirit of timidity, but, but, but of power, love, self-discipline. So if, if pulling back and cowering back, self-confidence is an issue, 
Not that you want to have self-confidence confidence when you have confidence in God. If that's an issue, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Give me a spirit of timidity. No, but of power, sound mind, and great self-discipline. Then Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. Isn't that good? When you are scared of people, it will make you do stupid things. So the, the, the fear of man will prove to be a, uh, a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is kept safe. So you have to redefine failure. Failure isn't that you didn't reach your goal. Failure is that I didn't set the goal. So set the goal. Reach for it. Even if you don't get there. You want to be healthy and you want to run a marathon. And then this year you go, I didn't get to run a marathon. I only got 13 miles in. <laughs> That's like 12 more than a year ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. So just look for progress. Look for progress. Number four. And it's to dream to persist, refuse any thought about giving up. This is really big. Hebrews chapter 12, turn the page, and we can't read it all, but just you need to see some of this. And just read um, 10, 11, and 12 because you, on your own because this is so good. We, we always want Christianity to be easy. And you know, I'm telling you, the great heroes of the faith, life was never easy. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. There it is, the race that's marked out for us. Figure out what it is that Jesus has you doing and you run that race. The issue is staying power. Stay with the people who walk with God. Stay with the people who will challenge you, who will stay at it. And, and then they'll help you blow past your own barriers. The object of faith is really Jesus. So keep your eyes on him. And and what we read in Hebrews chapter 11 isn't phenomenal people. What we read are people who just refuse to give up on their faith. Hebrews, or uh, Proverbs chapter 24. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he keeps getting back up. Isn't that good? So let's not grow weary in doing what's, what's well, what's good. Yeah, Galatians 6. Don't become weary in doing good. For in the proper time you'll harvest what if you do not give up so i've given you four kind of action terms here if you're taking notes circle them it's the word embrace number one number two act like you say you believe act so embrace the faith act on it don't just act on it move ahead just look for progress and as you move ahead persist don't ever 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 give up and I, I, I go back, I know I use too many World War II illustrations, but this one's too good to get by. You know the name Winston Churchill. Walks into a boys' school during the heat of the war, and he tells them, never, 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 never give up. And it's because that kind of tenacity that the Allied forces won the war. And I'm telling you, in that kind of tenacity in your faith, you will win the battle today. You don't have to win it for a year. Just win it for today. Tomorrow, you'll take care of tomorrow's battle. And the next day, you'll take care of that battle. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to look back and realize you're winning the war. Amen. <clears throat> Gracious Father, uh, bless these dear people. Help us to love you, to love each other well as we head towards heaven together. Christ's name we pray these things.